as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the six fall Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot And I am Andy Wilson, also a Big Shiny Robot And we've got three movies for you this week uh, One indie, one mainstream, and one super mainstream uh, Super 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 uh, and actually, the the super mainstream one is the only one both of us have seen. Yep. Uh, the other two, we're gonna kind of do one offs on. Uh, but first of all, we've got their finest. Then we've got Gifted, and finally, the big one, Fate of the Furious. Now, Andy, you saw their finest. They didn't show it to me. What yeah. is this about? Uh, this is this is a British period uh, drama set in uh, the the dark days of the Blitz in London. And London is getting bombed, and all of the men are off to war. Oh, fun! Yeah, and <laughs> so the the British Ministry of Information is trying to put out propaganda movies. They want to find a story that is inspirational, but also tied to reality. And so they've they've brought in uh, a female writer uh, who's played by Gemma Arterton to write what they call the slops which is women's dialogue. They want women to write the women's dialogue so that it sounds uh, more realistic to women, uh, knowing that most of their audience is now women. Um, but it turns out that uh, she's actually much more talented than most people give her credit for. She finds a very interesting story coming out of uh, the miracle at Dunkirk of two, uh, two ladies, twins, who stole their father's fishing boat and went to go help and uh, actually didn't make it to Dunkirk, but still ended up uh, with with some soldiers uh, on, on their boat and unloaded them and became sort of folk heroes in, in their area. And they said, this is our story. We're going to write it. And of course, it gets punched up uh, beyond uh, recognition. It's no longer really based in reality, but who cares? It's a great story. Um, the real story here is uh, the story of our, our main character and what she's going through. Uh, and this is sort of a uh, female empowerment drama looking at all of the obstacles that she's facing and all of the sexism that she's facing. Just trying to be a woman in a man's world, even when uh, she's one of the most valuable people out there. The best part about this movie, though, is Bill Nighy, who... Uh, it, it plays an irascible, aging thespian who uh, is, he's just hilarious. And uh, he, he first doesn't want to take the job because he doesn't like the part. And then he forms this sort of fast friendship uh, with, with Jem Arterton after a very rocky start. Uh, and, and they really make some magic out there. Uh, I have a major complaint with this film, which is how it ends. Mm -hmm. And there is, of course, a, um, I mean, somewhat spoiler alert, but this was alluded to a mile away that, that there was going to be some sort of tragic ending. And, of course, it happens. And I, I feel that that kind of guts some of the magic of this movie. There's a good 20 or 30 minutes in the middle of this movie that is absolutely magical and beautiful and about the worth of movies and how movies can uh, take you places and make you feel things and make you 
uh, learn truths that you wouldn't otherwise see. And, and it's really great. Um, one of those great movies about making movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and if that's something that you like, uh, <laughs> then yeah. Um, it's also great if you really like British costume drama and, uh, and, and period pieces. So that being said, because of some of the predictability and um, because it was really slow in a couple of places, I'm only giving this a 6 out of 10. Mm-hmm. It's it's good. It's passable. Uh, there's some cool magic in there. But one thing I am going to say, while this is being shown in theaters, this was obviously made on a BBC budget, which is not amazing. You might just wait and check this out when it's on TV yeah. or when it comes to video. But uh, if, if that's appealing to you and you're looking for uh, a movie like that, um, I know my mom will be interested in going to see this. Uh, mom, go see this. She'll love it. And and uh, everyone else, well, everyone else is going to go see Fate of the Furious. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Yes, they are. But the movie everyone should be going to go see this week is Gifted. So it was kind of funny as you were talking about you know the their finest. You mentioned they kind of added things in and kind of puffed things up a bit. Uh, Gifted is great because it's a very simple, bare-bones story. And uh, the director, Mark Webb, who we know from 500 Days of Summer and also the Amazing Spider-Man movies, don't blame him for those. That was the the studio's fault. (laughs) Um, It works so well because it is a very simple film. Uh, Basically, we've got Chris Evans starring as Frank Adler, who uh, is living in Florida, works on boats, kind of a simple life, and he is facing the one prospect in life he wasn't expecting, which is fatherhood. Uh, He is raising his niece, Mary Adler, who's played by McKenna Grace, who is pretty much a newcomer to movies, but is absolutely fantastic. We'll get back to her shortly. Uh, uh, Her mother, uh, Frank's sister, was a very, very promising mathematician, pretty much a genius in the field. I was working on what are called uh, Millennial Problems, which actually go to Google and look up Millennium Prize Problems. They're real. And they are discussed ad nauseum in this movie. Uh, she commits suicide. And Frank kind of blames himself. Takes this little girl. Becomes her de facto guardian. And is trying to raise her to the best of his abilities. And following through on his sister's last wish. That her daughter be a normal kid. The problem is. Mary's not a normal kid. She is very much the prodigy that her mom was. And so when she gets sent to school for the very first time. Meets her first grade teacher Bonnie who's played by Jenny Slate, who was pretty much wasted in this role because she doesn't do anything. Uh, oh. Kind of, I know. And, again, there's, 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 that's one of my big problems here is, is Jenny Slate. But uh, Mary shows herself to be a very gifted student and can do complex math, mathematics in her head and basically is uh, gets pulled into the principal's office who says to Frank, hey, you know what, this, this girl is incredible. We can get her into this very prestigious school for gifted students. How about that? And Frank says, no. I want her to be a normal kid in a normal school. Well, this doesn't sit well with uh, Frank's estranged uh, mother, Evelyn, who's played by Lindsay Duncan, who is fantastic, uh, who decides that Mary is not in the right kind of situation she needs to be in. Frank is holding her back and begins a court custody battle to take away custody rights from Frank so that Evelyn can decide what happens to Mary. That's the story in a nutshell, but at the same time, there's so much more going on, and the whole point of this movie is to are the fantastic performances. Like I said before, McKenna Grace 
young girl, I think she's eight or nine, is absolutely fantastic. She is the best part of this movie. She's the beating heart of this film. And the fact that you have a young girl who can sit there and spout off complex, like, calculus equations one second, and the next be upset she can't watch Spongebob is just a miraculous thing to watch. She is so good, and she nails the part of being this tiny kid who is still a kid emotionally, but mentally is smarter than everyone else in the room, and she just destroys everyone on screen. I can't wait to see what she does next. She's fantastic. Um, Chris Evans is good as always. He's not quite Snowpiercer perfect, because that was, to this day, I think his best film, Uh, but he definitely proves that he is just as much home here, raising the kid as he is punching Hydra. Uh, and then, of course, the one problem I have is, like I said, Jenny Slate. She's just kind of a wasted character. She's the one who kind of discovers the child and is like, oh my gosh, this kid's like way smart. And then tries to kind of move in, become Frank's love interest and confidant. But she's not in it enough, nor given enough to do to make you really invested in her character. So she, she's the one weak link in the movie, which I wish she wasn't because she is... When she's there, she's great. Uh, same with Octavia Spencer, who is Frank's landlord slash best friend, who is there and uh, kind of the one person you can really trust and go to with problems. And again, she's only in it for maybe 10 minutes, but every time she's there, she lifts everything up and makes it so much better. That uh, sounds like most Octavia Spencer roles. Yeah. We need someone here who who has gravitas that the person can <laughs> go to and, and be a confidant and, and be sort of a motherly figure, but... Uh, everyone likes her. Oh, yeah. get Octavia Spencer. <laughs> everyone loves her. So, yeah, and again, I wish she was in it more because she's fantastic. Every scene she's in, especially when she's interacting with uh, Mary Adler, McKenna Grace, it, it's just beautiful. And, yes, it is a bit emotionally manipulative. It is meant to make you cry at certain points. Uh, but some of the interactions between the characters feel so real and so almost like watching a documentary you kind of forget you're watching a movie it feels like it's something that's actually happening in front of you and that's a huge huge hats off to um not only the actors but mark webb the director and uh, tom flynn who is the screenwriter who writes an amazingly sharp witty and uh i'd say you know fat free script because everything here is supposed to be here there's nothing that should be cut out it's well done I loved it, and I wish, I wish, I wish people knew about this because there was no marketing. It's very indie. I mean, it was made on a bare-bones budget. Uh, It's already made its budget back almost, and it only made $4 million this weekend. So that tells you it was really a labor of love for everyone involved. But this is the must-see movie of the week. I know Fate Fate of the Furious is getting all the buzz, but this is the one that's, you know, going to sneak by. No one's going to see, but everyone should. So... I'm at a 9 out of 10. I loved every second of it, and I really want to go see it again. Wow, I, I really want to see that, too. They didn't show it to us for some reason here, but I, I I need to go see this movie, not only because of my undying love for Chris Evans, Team Cap, but oh yeah, uh, that, that sounds like an amazing movie. And I, Mark Webb really gets this bad reputation, I think, because of the Spider-Man movies. And that's not his I'm fault. Like, yeah, so yeah. he's. I'm like, I'm like, he's 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 a fine little director. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with him. He just, I mean, maybe he wasn't the exact right fit for Spider-Man, but uh, though he was not the problem with those movies. Andrew Garfield was not the problem with those movies. Emma Stone was not uh, the problem with those movies. Uh, it was it was 
too much studio meddling and them not knowing where they were going. Um, but not the fault of the director or the cast. And no, not one bit. It's so. too bad. Too bad. So I'm excited to go see that. I, I need to go check out Gifted. And I, I want you to see it too, so trust me. Like that's Again, that's my go-to movie of the week. As much as Fast, uh, Fate of the Furious, which we're going to talk about right now, is a ton of fun. That's brain-dead fun. This is real mental fun. And see, me as someone who's a really huge... I love math. Like, that's my... Mm-hmm. my <laughs> I love math and science way too much. Uh when you're watching people write equations on a board and, like, solving math problems, like, that just gets me. I'm like, ah, I love this. This is me. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, too. I really need to go check this out. But, I, I mean, unfortunately, although I, I will say fortunately, because I had a very interesting experience with Fate of the Furious, and, and I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, should Should we even bother... Explaining the plot to this, or okay, so I'll do this really fast because I, okay. I'm really crappy at doing plots. Um, so this opens with uh, Vin Diesel, Dom, who's on his honeymoon uh, with Tits McGee and <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> they are in uh, Havana, Cuba, and mm-hmm. they end up racing someone because that's what you do. Uh-huh. Uh, Charlie's throne comes in, says she's this hacker named Cipher, shows Dom something that makes him want to betray his team and work for her. He does that. He betrays everyone he knows and loves and steals an EMP. Things go wacky. Cars literally rain from the sky and nothing makes sense. And the rock is an amazing creature. And I want him to be my friend. That's the movie. (laughs) Here's, here's, here's my summary of, of the fate of the furious. Go ahead. (laughs) Do, Do you need to know what this movie is about to decide whether you're going to see it or not? No. No, you don't. You're going to go. (laughs) Whether you've seen one of them or whether you have seen all of them, you know whether you're going to watch this movie and whether you're going to like this movie. If you love it, there's plenty of fast and furiousness in this movie. (laughs) And if you're not a fan of what this is serving up, you're like, why I'd never go see such a film. <laughs> then this this is not for you. But oh my gosh, the 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 biggest, dumbest, stupidest action movie I have seen since the last Fast and Furious movie, and I I kind of loved it. <laughs> it's okay. So Ridiculous. Here's, here's my thing: is like like you mentioned, you can be someone who grades movies be a critic and still love big dumb fun things the point is the people who make the big dumb fun things have to understand what they are uh as stupid as this movie is it knows how stupid it is and Mm -hmm. it plays off that that was the problem with triple x the last one was they were trying to make it too serious in a sense because they didn't get that. Yes, this is dumb, campy fun. Let's just let's, let's go with it. That's why uh, yep. we've got Guardians of the Galaxy two coming out. One of mm-hmm. James Gunn's best movies, aside from those, was Slither, because oh, Slither God. knew it was being all. It was a horrible B movie and played to those strengths like crazy, and that's what makes it fun. Don't be so serious. You can't. You take yourself too seriously. And Fast and Furious gets it. I mean, this is, we're talking about a movie where Charlize Theron is chewing through scenery like she's just got off her diet. And mm-hmm. sits there saying, now let's make it rain. And cars literally rain from the sky out of a parking structure. 
It's that dumb. But the whole time you're sitting there clapping your hands like this little five-year-old because you're having a blast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And th- okay, th- this is my story about Fate of the Furious. It's not a great movie, but no, not at all. <laughs> um, six months ago, something happened, and since that time, I have not been able to just viscerally enjoy a movie, any movie, even movies that like here, Andy. This was made just for you. You should love every single moment about this. And I, I've mentioned this in, in talking about, like, Rogue One. I just couldn't turn off the outside world and just enjoy myself. Now, maybe it's just that enough time has passed and I'm acclimating to the new normal. Uh, or maybe there's something about this movie that it's just like, a big old needle full of adrenaline and atropine <laughs> just jammed right into my heart. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, we're going to get all that nastiness out there and you can just have fun with this. So thank you, Fast and Furious. I was not expecting to just be that overjoyed at how dumb this was. But I had a great time. But it's not... <laughs> It's not an Oscar movie. <laughs> no. But it was so dumb and so fun. I just couldn't I just couldn't help myself. So uh that's I think that's the best thing I can say about this. And um I know very little about this franchise. I saw the last one. I've seen bits and pieces of the oh, I've previous seen them all. six. I, I, these are my guilty pleasure. I love these movies so much, even the bad ones. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know a ton about it, and I was fine with this. This movie understands enough of that this might be the first one for people and does a decent job explaining it. But I also got that there were bits and pieces in here that were made for fans and were payoffs from previous films where everyone around me went, ooh, or oh, and just got really excited. And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't get it. And that must be how, like, other people are when they sit next to me during Marvel movies, where I'm like, oh, ah, I get it. We're, we're, we're friends from work. <laughs> <laughs> that, so, yeah, um, there's... There's a lot in here, and I think people who are fans are going to have a good time, and it's probably going to make some new fans, and it looks like they're setting themselves up for several new movies after this. Oh, with, and this um, movie made all the money this weekend. It broke records. Oh, yeah. You're going to get a Fast 9. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, and interestingly enough, I, I don't know, should I, is it a spoiler if I talk about the, the cameo in here? Because that's kind of a beautiful moment. Um, I think it's fine. Okay, so uh, I'm, there I'm talking any, about there, my mom for the second time this, this There time. aren't many spoilers. <laughs> this is the eighth yeah. movie in a series about drag racing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my mom calls me and she's like, do you know anything about this Fast and Furious movie? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to see it. Um, she's like, Helen Mirren's in that. And I'm like, What? Yes, no, she's yes, not. She is, and she's fantastic. <laughs> so um, she's like, should I 
should I go see this with you? And I'm like, no, it's going to be a two-minute cameo. I'll let you know how it is and if you really need to see it. But, oh, my gosh, that was a beautiful two minutes. Yes. And, 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 and they obviously set her up to um, be probably the main antagonist for the next movie is what I'm is what I'm betting if not Possibly. the next two movies. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got Helen Mirren back for a you know the the next one for Fast 9. So which he, he, uh, might be good. Here's what I want though. I want a spin-off series featuring Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Jason Statham. Like oh my gosh. in the vein of like a Bob Hope Bing Crosby Road to movies because those two steal the movie. They're just so if you didn't see the last one, there's a great scene where The Rock is in a hospital. He's got a cast on because he got thrown out of a building by Jason Statham. And at the end, he's like, Daddy's got to go to work. And he flexes his arm and breaks the cast. Oh it's the God. cheesiest thing I have ever seen in a movie. And I stood up and cheered. This movie's full of that. I mean, it opens up with, the, you know, he's there. Dwayne Johnson is, he's the coach of his daughter's. Uh, soccer team, and he makes them do the haka before their championship game to scare the crap out of the other kids on the other team. He's just a magical person. He's like a unicorn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jason Statham is so much fun because, again, he knows what he's doing here. He knows he's in an over-the-top cheesy movie, and he just brings it and has so much fun. And those two eventually, because the way the movie plays out, they become friends, of course, because you have to make enemies work together in these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just have so much fun together. Like, you just... You just know, like, at, off stage, they're over in the corner watching cat videos on YouTube and giggling their asses off. I mean, that's just yeah. the, the feeling you get from those two. Yeah, the, this was just absolutely ridiculous. And y- you know who else is having an amazing time and understands the kind of movie he's in? Is Kurt Russell. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. So he totally gets what he's doing, and every single moment that he's on screen, he owns it, and he owns that character. And it's just... Oh, and... Uh, it's just beautiful. But Eastwood's son. Oh, yeah. He Who plays... Like uh, an older Zac Efron. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. He, he's uh, he's the, the uh, FBI... Tra- trainee who kind of eventually learns the ways of the family and becomes a badass like the rest of uh, Vin Diesel and his crew. And he was so much fun to watch. I mean, I really haven't seen him in much, but he's got good comedic timing. He can pull off the, like, you know, kind of the serious motif, but he's just, he just fits in. And that's what's really cool to have a newcomer into this franchise, which has been going on for longer than I care to admit because it makes me feel old. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just so much fun. Like, it's if you want to go and forget about North Korea and forget about the state of America, yeah. go here because it is, it's over two hours long, and that's one of my complaints. It's about 20 minutes too long. They could have cut some stuff out because towards the end, as exciting as it is and as much fun as it is, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for this ride to be over. Yep. Uh, but it, it, it's so much fun. Just go go see it. Go have fun. Uh, I would love to rate it higher because I had so much fun with it, but I'm at a 7 out of 10, which is still a good score. It just there are problems with it, of course. Yep. But if, go see Gifted for the tears. Go see this for the laughs. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's basically where I'm at. I'm at a 7.5 out of 10 just because, like, wow, I I had a good time at a movie for the yeah. first time in a long time. So, yeah, I know. Thanks. Thanks for uh, fixing me, Fast and Furious. Just in time for Guardians. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Just in time for Guardians. Now I'll be able to go in and have a clear mind. As 
as long as we don't start World War Three between then and now. Please don't let World War Three start in the next two weeks. Nah, we, we can't piss off China because we buy all their shit. So, <laughs> well, we we could we could still we could still get into it with with Iran and uh, and Russia too. So. <laughs> But don't that's for worry. our other podcast. <laughs> that, there's, there's plenty of ways for us to start World War Three. Don't worry. Oh, I'm so I'm I'm so excited to look back in 50 years and read the history books that in World War Three the USA were the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. Anyways, though, this is a movie podcast, so we're yeah. having fun. Uh, next week we've got uh, Free Fire, which Andy has seen and I have not, mm-hmm. uh, but apparently it sounds kind of like uh, Richie Guy Ritchie Light. I guess you could say. Yeah, Guy Ritchie, Quentin Tarantino light, um, very, very Ritchie Tarantino esque, with literally the gang who can't shoot straight. Okay, so they're stormtroopers. Gotcha. Uh, we're we're also seeing the promise with Christian Bale and uh, what's his name? Uh, we just had this conversation. Tits McGee. <laughs> uh, and and Oscar Isaac. Oscar um, Isaac. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, speaking of period costume drama, so that'll that will hopefully be interesting. That's two uh, very fine actors. I'm I'm excited for that as well. Cool. So sounds like more of an indie week. So we'll get back to you next uh, Monday. But until then, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. Punk ass tripping, but it's alright. Homie scored a key. He's gonna fly.